Together we pray. Come Holy Spirit, we give you permission as always to do what you desire. Make our minds, our hearts, our souls fertile soil that your word may bear great may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate these scriptures for us, convict and console our hearts. Speak for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Just recently, at one of our uh, leadership nights, I spoke to uh, students who were there about uh, Father David Kelly, a priest uh, that last year that I was in seminary who showed up as one of our professors. And I was thinking about him again, just really haven't been able to get him off my mind here recently, but as I was praying with the scriptures for this weekend, this first passage uh, from the prophet Jeremiah says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you. A prophet to the nations, I appointed you. From the very beginning of our creation in our, our mother's womb, the most holy trinity had in mind the particular way God desired to create us with unique gifts and unique talents and all those things put together. And it is too often when we reflect on the gift of our own life, we, we look at maybe what we don't have and what I would want to be different. I know for myself, you know, like I'd love to have a 42-inch vertical. Like, that would be great. Because if you have a 42-inch vertical, then you're probably pretty fast, you're probably agile, like all those things, right? Don't have it. I can't jump that high. Like really can't jump that high at all. And it's a little bit of a joke. Um, But again, our focus can be on the negative. But when we think of how the scriptures speak about us being created, it's very intentional. Very, very intentional. What the Lord desires to do is to speak in and through our life in a unique and unrepeatable way. No one has ever been created who is exactly like you. So God's desire to manifest his glory in your life is unique from everyone else. That we are all called, like Jeremiah here, to be a prophet. What does that mean? Not to predict the future but to speak on God's behalf. Again, this made me think of Father Kelly because at the seminary of all our professors and the folks who are on staff, like if you kind of lined them all up and were like, okay, here's the books that this guy wrote and the articles that this guy wrote and how ridiculously intelligent this guy is and Uh, this woman and how she can teach so eloquently or this or that. Like, Father David Kelly wouldn't be one who would stand out in any particular way. Small of stature, uh, quiet in his disposition and speech. But I find myself over and over just like wanting to be around him. My gosh, like, where's he sitting in the cafeteria? I want to sit next to him. 
after class, I want to stop and, and ask more questions. And even though, again, he wasn't the most erudite speaker, like he was an intelligent man, a smart man, and a good teacher, but not any one thing the best at it. But what he was, was holy. As I ask myself more and more, like, why do I want to be around him? Is because this man is a soul who is at peace with himself. And Christ is deeply present in him. And I am at peace in his presence. You know, unique, like, outstanding gift that is present, except the most outstanding thing of all, Jesus formed deeply in his soul, which would put you at peace when you were with him. So much so that years later when Father Kelly told me that he wasn't going to be teaching anymore at the seminary. And so maybe he was, this was, that was a, his first retirement. He showed up at like 80. He's like mid-90s now. Um, and he's like, oh, I might be going back home to Boston. And I'm like, no, man. Come live with me, you know. Like you can say as many masses or not. You can visit as many sick or not as you want. I was, I was down on the bayou in Belrose and Pankerville and Father Paul Gross and I were neighboring pastors living together. I'm like, just come be around. And he was like, okay, like, I might do that. I'm thinking, this is going to be fantastic. Except they gave him more classes, and he's still teaching. And and it's great, because he needs to be at the seminary. I was thinking about him. I, I, I was like, Lord, like, the power of your presence in a soul is profound. Because when I was around him again, like I learned so many things and was formed well in the seminary and it's a gift, but like what, what I learned from just being around Father David is like, I, he loves Jesus a lot. And I wanna love him more when I'm around him. And, and again, I was, I was thinking, also, too, not only about him, but this married couple that, that I've recently um, spent some time with. You know, part of uh, the marriage preparation process here at Christ the King, we have mentor couples. So an engaged couple comes, and then they meet with a mentor couple, or they, they choose one, right? And over a period of six sessions, they're meeting with these mentor couples. And this one, during the fifth session, like, I go to the home session as, as part of the thing. And we go, and I'm, right, I'm going to this couple's home, and get to their home and it's a nice home and, and a gift but like no one who's like dreaming of the home they want to live in is going to pick this house it's a good home simple home clean home but no one's like oh i want to live in that neighborhood and i want to like i want that floor plan and i want like all of these things and they're not like prominent people in in any kind of way shape or form except for the fact that as I was in the room with them, I'm, I'm distracted because I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to be saying about this thing, about the sacramentality of marriage and all this and about the, the engaged couple? But I'm just like, man, these people are beautiful. Like they love each other so well. They didn't have like, Again, this perfect theology about marriage and the sacramentality of marriage, but they were just living it. 
And again, I was like, Lord, they love you. And being around them, I want to love you more. I thought, I, I just like, everybody should hang out with them. This is so good. And, and I say, I, I lift up these, these people, um, and I could, I could name so many others, right? Being part of, a, being priest, one of the things, amid every community I'm in, this is like this beautiful gift. We're all imperfect and on the journey, and Father Kelly's imperfect, and this couple is imperfect, but man, the Lord is just good. And they've given themselves over to him over the course of their life. How? Through praying. Through repentance of their sin. Through loving each other as St. Paul talks about in the scriptures today. With patience and fidelity and mercy and kindness and humility. They're serving their brothers and sisters in the community. They are learning the faith. Studying it. And by all of these things rooted in the Eucharist, Jesus is growing in their soul. And other people are coming into contact with him. Again, this couple was chosen by this, this uh, young engaged couple because they were exactly like, I, I want my family to be like their family. But again, if you kind of lined up and people were like, ah, oh, what do you want your life to look at? Like nobody's gonna be like, oh, like, like them. But then when you're around them, you're like, oh, please, like them? And he's just at peace and a beautiful love of Christ emanating from their souls. And so why do I say all of these things? Because all too often, we can put very good things. Sometimes we put sin, which is never a good thing, as a higher pursuit than the Lord. But we can put very good things as a higher pursuit than Jesus and loving him with all that we have and giving ourselves over to him as we stumble, as we fall, and as the Lord shows his mercy. But when we do that, the life of Jesus is formed in us. And real joy, the joy of Christ that only he can give, begins to reside in our souls. Father Kelly is one of the most joyful men I've ever met in my life. He's not like bubbly or laughing a lot. But again, it's just peace. And people, when they come into contact with folks like this, we call them saints, want to be faithful to Jesus. If this is not our greatest desire, to fulfill what the prophet Jeremiah is talking about. The Lord is saying, in your mother's womb, right before I even formed you there, I knew you and I appointed you to be prophetic in how you live your life. To not be conformed, as St. Paul says, to this age, right? But be transformed by the renewal of your mind and the pursuit of Jesus as the most important thing. Then that changes stuff changes a culture it changes individual people and souls ultimately receive eternal salvation so tonight however you have been created and wherever you are let us again run to the lord and make him our number one pursuit because he wants nothing more than to form his life in our souls no matter what has happened to you to this point in your life, 
There is always beginning again in Jesus. Always. And he is generously ready to do this to and in and for us. And then we become prophetic. We become prophets, pointing others to Jesus. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you. A prophet to the nations, I appointed you.